Daniel, it's such a pleasure to get you on the podcast after some period of back and forth. Yep. Uh, the, the times don't make it really easy at the moment to find time, but yeah, of course. Finally, we made it. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. I appreciate that. And uh, it's not easy to find time, especially on a weekday in the middle of the week. Um, and I, I thank you for the investment that you're giving me. I know you have your family, your kids. It's almost an investment of your precious asset which is your time that you're giving to me. And for the people who I promised that they will be able to listen to someone who has been through things and can share the experience and also inspire, most importantly, inspire individuals to either take the same path or at least think about in that role. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Again, I'm new to the whole video podcasting thing. So, you know, I'm still trying to get a hang of it, but I want don't want to play the template. So I want to break the template and just build how I feel it should be. So, yeah. you know, we'll not try to make it more formal or as jazzy as some of the YouTubers of the new generation do. But we'll keep it simple as much as possible. Appreciate it. I think I'm too old for the younger <laughs> YouTube generation. <laughs> Super. So maybe we start from what matters first is if you can quickly introduce yourself to the people who will be watching, listening to this podcast. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about yourself, your journey to what you are today. Sure. Um, Hello, my name is Daniel. I currently work as a principal engineer at Zalando. Um, it's a big-ish European tech company. Um, I originally joined the company in 2016 as a senior engineer, um, walked my ranks up, went into management for a while, even tried out another company and in Corona decided to come back. And yeah, now I'm a principal engineer back on the IC path. In my private life, like you said, I have a family, uh, two kids in school, um, which is especially in Corona times, uh, quite exhausting from, at times, but yeah. So far, we, we are getting through it in a good way. Let's put it like this. So no one had COVID so far. Uh, knock on wood. Yes, I think that's good. Knock on the wood I already did. And also... Yeah. Fingers crossed, of course. Fingers crossed. Yeah. In the role of a principal engineer, uh, tell us a little bit about how does your day look like if you have a typical day and i know it varies from people to people if you had to describe your day what would it look like um <clears throat> there is no no template of a day for me um i would say every day has a different focus in a way so 
there are days where I'm very inv invested into overarching principle topics. There are days where I'm working very closely with the teams. Um, there are days where I actually have to focus because being a principal in Zalando means a lot of reading, commenting and writing documents. And I can do this best if I have time in a block. Uh, I'm not very good at, you know, you have 10 minutes here or there and then you can just quickly focus on this, uh, especially when I want to write something. I just need to like like back in the engineering days, right? You, you need to get into the zone, if you will. And so, yeah. Uh, other than that, I mean, it's actually not a lot of emails. Uh, chat is the dominant uh, thing today, I guess, for everyone in Corona times. And yeah, a lot of documents, a lot of documents. My, I think in Zalando, the, the common theme or joke is um, my IDE is Google Docs. <laughs> so I don't, I don't, I rarely write code, almost none anymore. Uh, before the last type of week, I wrote a few lines, but nothing super, super uh, big. Um, but I think it also varies from principal assignment to principal assignment. So at, at my current assignment or in the area I'm currently working in, which is um, <clears throat> an area called CE platforms, client engineering platforms in Zalando. It's about tracking and, you know, other internal platform teams we have. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, for me, it's not a lot about coding. It's, it's a lot about writing documents and reading documents and commenting documents, but in other areas, you can almost see there's a like there's this super senior role of a principal where you're actually still coding a lot, but it's it yeah. You know, Will Larson has this. Um, he wrote this, or well, he actually didn't write it, right? He collected stories sure. uh, from from <clears throat> other staff and principal engineers and uh, different stereotypes. So there is absolutely this super senior. Um, my role is more of a, uh, well, maybe a consulting architect at the moment. Okay. And I think obviously we had some overlaps when I was at Zalando um, and you had a different role at that point in time. Yeah, I was engineering manager in, in search and you were in the I was in uh, different places. I was in first customer experience, so home, checkout, yeah. wish list, and PDP teams, and then I moved to size and fit in Zalando. But I think I was I think I met you mostly when I was working on collections with Mikio and you. Yeah, collections were a thing back then. <laughs> back then. The good old days. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting to note that as you said, that you now play the role of principal engineer and obviously we we will touch upon these different archetypes that Will Larson talked about and how that also applies in your current role versus other principal engineers that you know of or your peers. But I want to go back a little bit before I come to principal engineer focus. Um, what led to this transition from you being an engineering manager to the principal direction? 
Um, the the blunt answer to this is basically uh, in COVID times, my private and family life was too, not too consuming, but it was difficult to arrange a manager's schedule with just my private situation. In, in Corona, I mean, we had lockdowns, uh, my kids were at home all day. Uh, now they are both in school. Back then, only my older daughter was in school. And so we actually had to homeschool. Um, and homeschooling in Germany is not the best. The digitalization on in German schools, especially in the public schools, um, lags behind. Let's put it like this. And so, yeah, it was it was a deliberate move. Um, also, because the technical side of being an engineering manager was always my strong suit, so I, I never completely left this part. Um, so it was a for me it was an easy transition. It was not a not a okay. Now I have a completely different role, and I I don't know what to do with stuff. Uh, so yeah, the private situation played a huge part in this. Um, maybe the biggest part actually. Okay, I think a lot of the people perhaps from coming from a tech background may have experience in understanding and knowing about engineering manager as a role. But I want to use this a lens of you being an engineering manager and looking at a principal engineer role. And if you had to really call out those distinct differences that are perhaps more visible, less subtle, uh, what would be those differences when you look at from an engineering playing as engineering manager versus what you are doing right now in the role of principal engineer? I mean, <clears throat> there are these obvious differences, right? As an engineering manager, um, you are a lot closer in touch with the people um, because you're actually managing them, right? Um, but you're also more in touch with the project management aspects. It's a lot about roadmaps and status, administrativa maybe is the right word. Mm-hmm. As a principal engineer, my focus is at the moment more on are we are we sure we're building the right things or we are moving in the right direction from a technical point of view. It's 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 maybe not a consulting role but it's uh, it's certainly like the the role itself is a lot more has a lot more aspects of influencing over time than really dictating the path or this is what we do now or this is what we don't do um so yeah it's it's um, more influencing than than actually saying what to do. I mean, yes, of course you can do that, but at the end of the day, and then we are coming to the to the similarities of the role, at the end of the day, you always need to influence people and, and take the people with you. So if you as a principal just go and say, this is the way we build it, and it's 
either my way or the highway, then it doesn't. It also doesn't work in a way, right? Right. You have to take people with you, and that's has been at least for me always like my in the back of my mind. Mm. And when you say that, I think this is such a powerful phrase. Like thinking about and steering towards, are we building the right thing? What is in the role of principal engineer that enables you to do that in your role today to help teams to know that we are building the right thing? <clears throat> you have a lot more contact to other teams outside of your direct kind of sphere of sphere of influence. You also have a lot more or have to have a lot more background into how the business works and what are the business needs that you have or we have. Um, so it's it's also in a way a mix of a technical role, but but in a way sometimes even being or having some some kind of a head of a product manager. At least in in my current thinking and in my current in my current role as a as part of the platform team, there are certainly aspects of of product management and how do you how do you build a platform from a technical perspective? Right. And what are the what are the capabilities this platform needs and doesn't have today? Or yeah, or what are the, the things that kind of we have <clears throat> we have built in the past that we don't need anymore today? Because getting rid of technical debt is also uh, something that we often don't do good enough. Right. I think that part is quite stand out here because I will obviously come back to that, you know, doing the right thing and making sure we are all doing the right thing. And we'll definitely talk about what are the various ways a principal engineer can do that and influence that. But I think one of the key aspects that I picked up is this whole word about influencing. Yeah. And maybe we we'll stay on this for a moment and i'm assuming this is kind of a build up on understanding the principal role in general right so what comes to your mind when you talk about the word influence or as a principal engineer what does influencing really mean here um for me it means sharing my experience um giving guidance. Um, for me personally, it's also a lot about writing things down in, in it doesn't have to be like a solution design or, or whatnot. Sometimes it's also just clearly articulating in a written form of what you think about a certain aspect or a certain property maybe. Um, especially this writing part, is has been important for me because in the at least in the past especially as a when i was still a senior engineer uh, it was always easy to quickly code stuff and and write things together but over time 
knowledge is lost, people come and go, and and writing helps you to think more clearly about what you actually want to say. And so influencing comes a lot about like this. Um, what are your thoughts on certain aspects of your domain you're in, you're working in? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think it's a good kind of connecting thread about writing. And I think, as you said, influencing is about communicating your intention right in a written format in this case uh, at your current organization let's spend maybe a little bit on the writing medium itself from working as obviously a senior engineer spending more time on ides and now moving to google docs as your ide how was that transition for yourself uh when you realize that this role is more about just writing and how was it easy for you to move to this writing as a medium or you had to deliberately work on getting to that craft? I think I was a bit lucky in this case. Um, I, at that point I was still engineering manager and there was a large, um, there was a planned um, reorganization of, of one area in search that we wanted to do, um, basically around ranking products and, and kind of going away from a, from a rule engine to something machine learned. And <clears throat> obviously in an in a organization as on this, at the size of Zalando, that means um, everyone is interested in this. Uh, from the people that actually implement the machine learning algorithms to the buyer of clothes, food, mm. uh, food not, not food, um, to the buyer of shoes, uh, to the category manager, to the to the market manager, and everyone is rightfully has a say in this in a way. And uh, I was lucky in this in this case um, to basically it, it coincides it coincides with one senior executive now our what is he now chief business and product officer Jim mm-hmm. um, and he basically he took the VP and, and the head a little bit uh, on the hand and he kind of guided us through a way of aligning such a transition of, of, of strategy, if you will, throughout the whole organization. It was took about half a year or so. And and this was the for me the Kickstarter into getting into writing more clearly and and using writing as a medium to align or to, to get alignment. And then later, of course, to to get my ideas across of how I think about software engineering and architecture. Mm. So I was at that point, I was simply lucky. Um, and that's definitely something I, I still see today, the way people approach writing documents um, like one one key learning for me was 
it's really about it's not about finishing it's not about the finished document it's mm. about the way you get to this finished document and that's where the alignment happens and the moment the document is really reviewed and done everything is like there's no need to share this document in theory at least there's no need to share this document anymore because everyone ideally is already bought in so writing as a form of thinking and a form of alignment rather yeah. than considering that as a destination or we have a perfectly written document and then we will get to go over that yeah. you use this as a process yeah exactly because otherwise you know every otherwise you end up in a situation where then every stakeholder writes their version or their view of this document and how do we, how do you bring this together uh, now you have 10 different documents with with views that are not aligned and and cannot work together in this way so yeah that was that was an interesting experience if obviously in your current role you look at other senior engineers who are aspiring to transition into this role what do you think they should know especially on the mode of writing as we are talking about this part at the moment how should they approach transitioning their thinking about using writing as a medium to influence as they grow into this role i think most of the senior engineers at least in zanando um, they get in contact with this earlier on because uh, at least the way the, the, these writing processes happen in Zalando is, is um, senior engineers are part of this writing already. Um, what is what is something that you definitely have to consider is, like you said, after this transition into principle, um, your lines of code you write per year drop dramatically. Mm. And that's that's yeah, maybe not for everyone, like I said earlier, but I think the in general, you should expect to not write a lot of code anymore. Which is another form of writing in a way, right? Writing of course. Code. But yeah, of course. Talking about writing less code or a different way of influencing through written words. Uh, for yourself and maybe the people that you work with who are either in principal role or transitioning to principal role, how do you see the transition from, from, a, from an engineer, from a senior engineer working mostly on you know, spending more of their time, obviously writing documents, but mostly also in writing code to this transition to spending more time on writing documents and less time writing code. How do they, how should they look at this transition? I think for some, it might be more like a shock. For some, some it could be more like, okay, it, it's almost depriving them of their inherent reason why they came in to this industry, right? To and for some it could be seeing themselves perhaps distancing away 
from the implementation because they don't get to influence that by writing code. How? What do you say to them as they transition to this role? Take your time. Um, in general, a good career advice, I think. Take your time. Um, because you will actually, at, at points, you will miss coding. Um, yeah. Take your time. And also find, maybe, find a good mentor or sponsor even early on. Because it is a, it is a transition, and it also is a, it's it's a completely new skill set you have to build, and you cannot get this overnight. It just doesn't work, as any skill, right? Mm. Unless we're in the matrix. <laughs> um, yeah, take your time. Learn about the business. Like really understand how the business side of things works, because that will that will over time help you to make your job a lot better. Um, I think it's already a a clear not requirement to become a senior, but it's it's the business side of things should already be on your radar, definitely. Um, mm, maybe today more than five years ago. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> yeah, and the business side of things is 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 in a way the thing you want to solve, right? Mm -hmm. Ultimately. That's the problem you want to really solve. Uh, it's not the I mean, yes, we all want to have the newest frameworks and the newest version of whatnot, mm. but at the end, um, you need to solve a business problem. Mm. I think it's a quite a important point, and I think this pops up this question, which perhaps I'm assuming a lot of people who are either transitioning to this role or they're looking at this role differently, see is how does you being in this principal engineering role, uh, how do you make sure that you're still connected to the overall mechanics of how systems operate? Uh, obviously, you don't get to code that much, which means you're not directly influencing a system and integration and how it operates, but through, as you said, through documentation, through writing documents and influencing people's choices. But how do you prevent yourself not being in an ivory tower <laughs> and really grounded in how things are operating at at the level where it, you can see it in the main action um I, I think it's actually there are a number of ways you can still remain grounded um yeah. one is definitely consuming a lot of content reading a lot of blogs listening to podcast at least that's my my thing uh, even though it's the first time recording but uh, i'm listening a lot to podcasts mm -hmm. and at times um i actually do code but secretly uh, no one sees the code 
it's only for me, for me to understand if what I'm proposing could actually work. Mm. So <clears throat> when I think about how can we rebuild tracking event streams and how can we make them more efficient and with better data quality and and you name it. Uh, I'm actually going and and implementing in a in a really like simplified toy aspect. Sure. Implementing it just to check if it actually makes sense the way I think about it. Another as or yeah, and sometimes you can even go pretty wild. Um, and yeah, and implement stuff. But I think the trick is to not to actually not show it to anyone, <laughs> because the code is <clears throat> definitely not production ready. Mm. Um, and at the end, I mean, it's also I, I don't want I as a principal I don't want to give the team. Here is my half-baked solution. Now you do the rest. Mm. That does not really instill ownership in any of that. Um, and ownership is something that is just driving people, right? If and then we are back at the aspect of you know taking people with you while while you're on this journey. Um, so yeah, that keeps me grounded at least. Um, reading and implementing really simple small toy POCs in an evening. Secret. That's a that's a good point. I mean, especially writing in secret uh, to validate your ideas, to validate what you're proposing really works. Yeah. Let's look at other facets of this role, and you know, I will do it indirectly. I will not say, "Hey, tell me everything what a principal engineer does," which would be make it very boring for anyone listening to podcasts. But let's make it very interesting in terms of how we get to that. So we talked about influence a bit, right? We talked about writing as a way of generating influence. Talked about validating concepts by building something, maybe in private, maybe in secret, but at least that keeps you grounded. So you're not just thinking and putting some random things in front of people. You have done some bit of validation on that. What are the other facets of this role which keeps you excited and passionate about what you're doing right now? For me in my current role, um, I think it's one, one insight or one reflection I had on myself a while ago. Um, I think ultimately I'm a I'm a platform guy. Uh, what do I mean by that? <clears throat> I don't know if you know like Simon Wardley mm -hmm. and his like you know you need pioneers, settlers, and down planners. Mm. I'm definitely more on the settler part. Maybe not not too hardcore on the town planners, mm. but I'm definitely. Um, I, I see definitely see myself as this platform, pl having a platform mindset. Mm -hmm. 
<clears throat> and what keeps me excited is how I can help all in Zalando now, how I can help the engineers in Zalando to become more, not effective, but they, they have a lot more tools, hopefully in the future, they can leverage to, to write new features, to write new exciting, um, exciting code, if you will. Mm -hmm. But eventually it's about like user facing features and, and, and our customer promises, of course. Mm. Um, and how I can help them focus on this, focus on the value building and not on the boring setup of stuff. Because I, I, I think that's basically, uh, it's, it's related to team topologies also, like this, mm. this concept of cognitive load. Mm. I think, I, not I think, I, I, I want to reduce cognitive load for other teams so that they can really focus on building value on the business side. Mm. Can you give us perhaps maybe not exactly what happens on the ground if you want to protect obviously the 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 internals of what you do at Zalando but in terms of reducing cognitive load for teams how does a principal engineer in action does that how how does that pan out how does reducing cognitive load for teams look like um I think it's it's twofold. On the one hand, uh, um, for me, it's it's definitely this: where do we where do we need to be in say two years? Mm. And and painting this picture of how the systems really should look like and and what capabilities we need to enable engineers to really focus on the value building side of things. Mm. And then it's a lot about making sure that we are on this path, if you will. Um, there's always a tendency or the trade-off you have to make as an engineering manager of finishing this project or making it right. I am definitely more on the let's try to make it right as much as possible side. Yeah. And then it's also about sometimes helping people to not make too short-sighted decisions and and maybe find other ways than this clever hack you came up with because over time these clever hacks make your life really miserable mm. <laughs> so yeah it's it's where do we want to be from a technical side of view of, of from a technical point of view um, and and trying to see where we can leverage other projects and make us sure we get to that point. Right. I think for me, it, it's also interesting to see when you provide this feedback to an engineer that, hey, this is a clever hack and, you know, we should, we should be, I think, obviously engineers may be aware this is a clever hack, but I think from a point of how does long term looks like for this clever hack? How does it how does this evolve over a period of time? 
there's obviously a people aspect of it right which we cannot trade away you yeah. if i am a principal engineer just go into someone hey clever hack let's not have any clever hacks this, this will break your system i think we generally need some level of people skills and also building some level of uh i would say relationship with engineers so that you can leverage your skills of influencing in a way which does not feel like micromanagement or basically pushing back on everything how do you do that in your current role as you are not obviously uh, you're not people don't report to you so you have to focus on okay what is that you have in front of you with the capabilities you have and the, and the and the leverages that you have in order to build that type of relationship with engineers so that you can give this feedback directly to them tell us tell me a little bit about that aspect of it um for me it, um it all goes a lot back to having empathy um i strongly believe that no one wants to do a bad job um everyone wants to be successful and everyone wants to make a good job mm. and what what helps is you also need to understand their point of view what are the constraints they are working under mm. what are the time pressures they might have um and then it's about finding a balance like yes sometimes you just there's no other way around you have to make this clever hack mm. sometimes you can avoid it because maybe some assumptions got lost along the way and mm. actually until this requirement has reached an engineer there was there was there were so many you know lost in translation moments mm. that actually what for example the analyst what they really needed is maybe not what is ending up on the engineer's plate mm. and then it's also about uncovering those kinds of of communication issues that that also just happen right in any organization in any large team um you always have these translation errors that you then need to run well if you're lucky you can uncover them mm. and it's a it's a simple kind of undoing of the hack or preventing the hack but it's also sometimes yeah there's no other choice and then it's it's something that yeah i as a principal at least what is then in my power is to make sure that everyone understands that that we are making a deliberate choice of adding something that is technical debt tomorrow and we have to undo over time so yeah, deliberate choices and and yeah. but eventually it's us like you have to understand all involved parties and usually no one is evil mm. of course some some people are <laughs> that happens but um so far i've been successful with always assuming the best mm. of people okay let's i think as we are kind of slowly getting to the the last parts of our conversation i'll make it little more dramatic 
and also <laughs> little controversial. Okay, so okay. every every role has a good parts and hard parts, right? What are the hard parts of a principal engineer role that you either have encountered or you have seen people running into? I mean, the hard part for me is definitely um, maybe not as much about me being a principal, but about me being me. Um, I have, I definitely have issues saying no to topics. And um, I personally, I, I see thing I, I see things as as um, I wouldn't say oversimplifying, but if I look at a certain domain or a certain area, um, I, I definitely sometimes cannot like in my opinion, an area might be, wrongly set up from a technical point of view. And then that's something where where I cannot keep my mouth shut, <laughs> mm. which then means uh, you're suddenly in, in a lot of different topics uh, at the same time. So it, it sometimes can be a lot of context switching, um, even between meetings from now to a minute later. <clears throat> so yeah, sometimes you're, you're, there are definitely days where even as a principal, I've had so many meetings that I'm just, okay, I, I turn off the computer and that's it for the day. Where I see others struggling is, yeah, some of the stuff we talked about earlier, um, you know, yes, if you present your final document to everyone and say, here, that's it. Um, then yes, you 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 will struggle in your role because you will not get the alignment that you that you are effectively seeking to get. Yeah, is that controversial enough? I think you played it safe. It could be <laughs> controversial, but you played it really nicely. Let's let's try to even maybe ramp up it. Okay, yeah. so I think. When I talk to some principal engineers, I think they often get this feeling, especially those who get into this role early on, that you know you are reviewing a system or a in a situation where you're providing feedback, and you you know the answer, you you know what will solve that problem for them, and sometimes you you think about should I just spit out that answer or spit out that direction or you create an environment where people realize this by asking the right questions or just encouraging them to think about differently. It can also come to the point of, hey, this somebody comes to you and say, hey, this doesn't work. But you said, okay, let me try and make this work because I think I can. Did you get into the state so far in your journey as principal engineer where you had to, you were in a state where you knew this would work, but maybe, you are getting the inputs differently from the people that were with you that it's not a good idea. And how was that experience with you if ever you got through that particular scenario? Um, uh, I think in trekking in Zalando that you are constantly faced with this. 
Um, it's on different levels. Uh, in, in team internal, um, it means, um, yeah, having patience, um, st sticking to your arguments. Um, I think the, the, the right term is like perseverance. Mm -hmm. You have to sometimes take more time to convince people. Mm. Uh, invest more time into convincing them in discussions, in written form, in, well, whiteboard sessions remotely kind of works. It's maybe not the best, but but it does work. Mm. Um, and then really talking it through. Um, this has helped at least in one case last year. And and in other cases, it's, yeah, it's, I think it's the, ultimately it's always in a way the same. Sticking to it, um, keeping, keeping behind this, uh, advertising this, explaining this over and over and over again, uh, to different people, to different stakeholders. Um, and then sometimes, um, sometimes things happen where suddenly a director of engineering on a completely different organization reads your paper and understands it and then goes and like, hey, we need this. Mm. And then you get buy-in, maybe not right away, but definitely in the in the mid to long run. Which is another theme, I, I think, what is what is the difference between senior and principal? You're definitely, you, you have to think a lot more about the long run of things. Um, just as an engineering manager, your, your feedback loops, uh, the, your feedback loop cycles increase. Um, as an engineering manager, it's more about how you can help people grow. And sometimes your feedback loop cycle is years in this case. Mm. And it's also the same as a principal engineer. Like some, my feedback cycle about getting the systems that we are working with into a state where I want them to be is also years mm. and, and takes time. So, yeah. If you need dopamine, find a, find a side hustle or I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think that really connects this similarity between also these two roles, right? This whole yeah. longer term horizon and also cycle time for receiving feedback and really seeing things and working out. Um, maybe saying staying on that lane of, you know, uh, ramping a bit, a little bit of, no, I would not say controversial. I think you played a beautiful pace and you're playing it very well. I was like, okay, can I push Danny a little bit more? But I think there are organizations where I think transitioning from an engineering manager to uh, individual contributor like principal and going back and forth are quite convenient. I think at, at Zalando, even when I was there, it was kind of promoted and people really talked about it, but it's not the same rosy situation in all of the organizations. I think we still are in the state where a lot of senior engineers still look at transitioning to a leadership role, not because they wanted it to be, but rather that's the only option to grow in that organization. From your experience, obviously, at Zalando and but also the other places where you have 
spent your or invested your time. What do we need from the environment in an organization that allows creating that feeling that you know there are these two different leadership tracks and not one is less than the other, but they are both leader, both are leader in their own rights and in their have their own space. What do you think will help for organizations and people who are working in this organization who may be listening to this podcast to support that transition? Um, I think you you need buy-in from the management side of things. Um, there has to be a clear understanding of there actually are two different leadership tracks and leadership roles. In a lot of organizations, I think the the engineering manager is playing both roles mm. of people, project manager, and technical lead. Mm. Um, and you need a, a shared understanding and also willingness from the management side that this is something you want to pursue as an organization. Um, I know in Zalando we have spent a lot of time on this, um, we even wrote like maybe not memos, but, but little guidelines or helpers, like how can you leverage your principal engineer best um, for the management track? Mm. Um, there are also knowledge, there are also documents, memos about how you as a principal can really help define your role together with the manager in this in this play, if you will, not play, but in this relationship between management and 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 principal. Yeah. buy-in so buy-in is an important word i think we can spend another probably hours talking about how to get that buy-in what to create a situation for getting that buy-in separately yeah. uh, but again we are almost at the end of it and i probably have these two things in my mind where i wanted you to comment on or just hear your thinking about it I think this is puts also putting you in a very interesting spot because you have been an engineering manager and then you moved to principal engineer. When you look back to engineering manager role outside, that now that you're not playing that role, and not just for yourself, when you look at that role itself, how does that role look differently from outside versus when you were in that role? from outside the organization you mean or? outside of that role like as a principal how do you interpret an engineering manager's role that's a very good question <laughs> um i think it it again comes back to how do you, what's your relationship to to management or to your manager um, counterpart, and and how do you how do you build this relationship? Um, what's the difference? 
Actually, I think in Zalando, at least for me, um, the, the difference was present because I, I, I saw early on people like Mikio, Mikio Brown in this, or, or Fadi uh, mm. is now at Google and being in this principal role. And, and it was at least inside Zalando, it was always a bit clear what the difference is between management and principal. I think in contrast to when when Mikio was around, um, the role today is a lot better defined mm. compared to back then. Yeah. I'm not sure that really does answer your question. It kind of touches the answer. Yeah. So obviously, I mean, I, I don't want to take your time completely on this. I think the idea was I was trying to get to here is uh so for an engineering manager to play their role as expected in an organization there is a there's an impact that is created by that role yeah. there are some basically from a systems thinking but there are inputs and outputs of that role right yeah. and same thing from a principal and i think what happens is when you are in an engineering manager role you look outward you say okay what does this person need and what is the outcome of that particular person, like what are they delivering? And uh, now that you have been playing that role, you have played the role of engineering manager and you move to a principal role, you may read the engineering manager role differently or you get a different perspective of that role that perhaps you did not have when you were not in that role, when you were pure, when you were not in the principal role, you were, you were inside the engineering manager role. And I was trying to figure out if there was a change of any perspective on how that role should work, how that role should play, versus now that you are looking at it from outside and you're looking at other engineering managers playing their role rather than where you were doing the same thing. And I was trying to see if there was any difference that you observe from that different perspective that you have. So I was, I think that's the part that I was trying to read and maybe it was perhaps overanalyzing from my side. That could also be one of the ways of thinking about it. I mean, from, I think it's always a lot also about the person itself and how you interpret your role. I mean, there's, yeah. there's also not this one engineering manager stereotype, right? Um, for me, it was always, how can I help the teams best to make an impact and do the right thing? Um, as an engineering manager, I think my focus was a lot about the, the the broader environment of how teams interact with each other. Now I see this in a similar way, but more from a systems, well, not it's also systems thinking, but in this case, technical systems um, and how they interact with another. So I think basically both roles try to try, at least for me in both roles, I try to achieve the same thing, but coming from a different kind of point of view, if you will. Yeah. I love that answer, <laughs> by the way. I, I loved how, how you framed it. So you have, same outcomes but different approaches yeah. and complementary approaches because you need both. You cannot just act with one. 
I mean, Conway's law, right? Um, it's about the communication, both exactly. verbal and technical. Absolutely. Perhaps the almost at the penultimate state, I think in your role, you also interview other principal engineers and also coach, maybe mentor other engineers who are getting this role. What are the common pieces of advice that you have given to engineers who are getting into this role? And maybe a second part of this question would be, what do you look for someone that you're hiring externally as a principal engineer? Maybe the first part is, I think would be very interesting, especially when you talk to the people and mentor people and engineers, what do you advise them most commonly as they move towards this role? And let's and we go back to the second question in a moment. Yeah. <clears throat> I think one thing you have to, or th that is something that is very valuable a skill to have is this thinking in systems. Mm not just in technical systems, but also like an organization or, or people are also, or an organization is also a system right. and how it lives and breathes. Um, that's, that's something that I found for myself super valuable and insightful, mm. especially when you come to this, how like, if you combine this with, an, with empathy, trying to understand the other side of the argument or the other the other business area that you're dealing with if you have this this idea of systems thinking you don't need to understand all the details of this other person's life work life mm. and you don't have to understand all the all the constraints but if you understand roughly understand of how this how these things play together mm. and how they are influencing each other i think that has helped me most and i, I definitely um i definitely give this advice to look into this it was a, actually a chapter in the other Will Larson book, uh, uh, An Elegant Puzzle, mm. which he wrote before that that got me into this uh, systems thinking. And uh, the best book I've read so far is the, like the classic Donella Meadows, right. Thinking in Systems. Thinking in Systems. Oh yeah, that's such an enjoyable book. Yeah. And maybe also in general, reading, reading books. Um, I don't know how many books I've read by now, but um, this has definitely helped me in better understanding how things work and how I can make kind of how I can how I can be the best I can be in the role I have. Mm. Fantastic! Thank you so much, Daniel. And maybe we end with this as the last part of it. I think as we as you interview also different principal engineering candidates. What are the few dimensional aspects that you really look at when you hire such candidates? Maybe instead of talking about different aspects of that role, what is maybe the few things that you absolutely expect any principal engineer candidate should have? Um, you 
you're always dealing with complex systems, mm. both from a technical and a organizational point of view. And what I think is uh, what you have to bring as a principal engineer is the ability to to find simple, scalable solutions to these complex problems that we have. Um, we often design, or too often, I think we design systems, we design complex systems, but scaling a complex system is incredibly difficult mm. and expensive at some point. But if you really come from this, maybe even first principles thinking, and design the system in a simple way, then it's it's much easier to scale simple systems. There's this great talk uh, by Rich Hickey. Mm. Um, the closure guy, right? Yeah, yeah. The, the closure guy, exactly. Um, <laughs> simple made easy. Mm. Um, actually had its 10-year anniversary last year. So it's wow. a pretty old talk by now. But yeah, simplicity, I think, matters. Because you can also communicate simple things a lot better than complex things. True. Yeah. I hope that makes sense. It does, it does. We are clocking an hour into this and uh, I deeply enjoyed this conversation. It. It brought back a lot of good memories from my time. I think some of the points that you mentioned, but also I think, uh, yes, we could have done a better job in going into details about every single aspect of it and we could have been here for hours. But I think what I enjoyed is you've been very thoughtful in how you framed uh, your ideas and the way you think about this role and, and how it operates. And also it gives me a good window in how you think about this. So super appreciate your time with me on this. Thank you. Anytime again with more details. Of course, maybe. the devil is always in there. The devil is always in the details. <laughs> super. Let's close in then and uh, stop the recording. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming in.